0: we mm-hmm. I think y'all know how passionate and opinionated I am about the topic of podcast guesting. I make guest appearances on other podcasts and half of my episodes on this show feature guests. Honestly, I don't know if I'm taking full advantage of my guest appearances and I am quite sure that many of my guests are not. So I am super excited to chat with my guests today about why and how most podcast guests fuck up the opportunity. My guest is John Ball. John is the host of Podfluence, the podcast for business coaches who want to build influence and audience through podcasts. John is a persuasive presentations coach and an international speaker on topics such as podcasting for thought leadership, ethical influence and persuasion skills, and how to be exceptional in interviews. Welcome John. I am thrilled to have
1: you here today. I'm delighted to be here, Kelly. Thank you for inviting me on your show.
0: Absolutely podcast guesting there are so many things that can go wrong at so many points from finding what shows to be on to reaching out to the hosts to actually doing the interview to leveraging the appearance afterwards so i want to tell you real quick why i'm so passionate about this topic and actually like what pisses me off about it And like in my experience of being a host and guests reaching out to me, and then I want to hear why you're so passionate about it.
1: It might be the same reasons. (laughs)
0: Probably, probably (laughs) probably overlap at least. So most guests, potential guests, reach out to me in a mediocre way, and quite a few of them reach out in a really bad way. Mm. So first, they reach out and say, hi, Angela. Now I know that my show lists me as an author, the author as Angela Kelly Smith. That is my full name, that's my business name. But I go by Kelly and it tells that in the description of my show. Then they write, love your show. Okay, I have two business-based podcasts and I'm the co-host of a third podcast, Geek Girl Soup. Which show do you want to be a guest Mm -hmm. on? Name the frickin' show. (laughs) Then they write, if they're an agency, I have the perfect guest for your show. Or if they're an individual, they often write, I'd be the perfect guest for your show. Okay, you haven't even talked to me. How do you know you're the perfect fit? Then they often don't give me one specific topic, like with an outcome or the problem their topic topic will solve, if anything, they'll say, I could talk about marketing or digital courses or business growth. Those are topics. Those are areas, mm-hmm. right? And then so many of them don't give me a link to their website. <laughs> How am I supposed to know anything about them? If they don't give me a link to their website. Okay, yeah. those are the basics that piss me off. So, why are you so passionate about podcast guesting
1: <laughs> it was uh, some similar reasons and that uh, you are right there's crossover although there, there's a lot more a lot more yes here in fact I was just Absolutely. I was just sharing a, a, a bit of a meme on my my social media about uh, like a Venn diagram of like why are you even here like uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one side of it was like I saw my windscreen because you know, it's, it's it's winter months here in Europe and uh, and the other side of it was non-specific podcast guest applications, which is what you're talking about there. Yes, uh, and those those generic stuff. I, I, actually, you know, sometimes I will respond to them, and sometimes I won't. Usually, they just go straight into ignore. Yeah. But Then they get some of these places get a bit persistent with them, and they come back and, and back. You know that they haven't checked out your show because right. they can't they can't tell you anything about it, right. uh, or they'll just put, "I really liked your last episode," and they have the name of that, but they won't know what it's about. Right, and you will. They have clients who they want to get on shows, and they think the best way to do that is to tell you how amazing their client is right. and what they what they've achieved. And that, as a podcast host, still leaves you to do all the work mm-hmm. of well, what what would we actually talk about? Are they relevant to my audience? Do they have anything to talk about that I haven't recently covered? Um, what? you still have to figure everything out. They're, they're leaving you to still do everything. And why would you want to? They, they've they never listened to your show. They have no idea who you are. They don't care about you or your audience, right. your podcast. Why would you then want to have them on your show? Right. So it's not, it's very, very, very occasionally. You might see one thing, oh yeah, okay. That actually sounds interesting. and I think I would like to talk to that person. But I'd say that's rare. And maybe yes. you've, you've had that as well. Yes. For the most part, it's a no, yep, because it's such an impersonal approach. And this is the, the spray and pray that most people are doing of a standard message that they'll send out to any podcast that seems to be in a genre that is relevant to the kind of shows that they want to get on, because they are aiming for quality over quantity as a podcast guest because they mistake ubiquity for fame, I suppose, to some right. degree. Yeah. And so I don't know, I don't know what your experience is, Kelly, of, of podcasting in terms of as a guest, but for my for me and for most podcasters who I speak to, the most impact the most results have had from guest appearances have been from shows that have been quite strategic about going on. Yes. And so in terms of what shows do I apply to go on as a guest, I look for shows that I have relevance to that are aiming towards my target group and that are gonna be interested in the topics that I talk about. And if I see that they've already been covering those topics but I really want to go on that show, I'm gonna do my best to come up with a topic that I could approach them with that they haven't covered or a fresh take on something that they have. I'm going to do my homework because the reality is you're going to get a lot better return on your time for strategic podcast uh, appearances than multiple podcast appearances on any old podcast that will take you
0: exactly oh my gosh and what you said about making sure that their audience overlaps with your like ideal client your target market when agencies reach out to me on behalf of their clients they tend to pitch to me people who are like the founders of companies valued in the tens of millions of dollars supposedly, whose clients pay the, whose clients are companies that pay them tens and tens of thousands of dollars to work with them. They clearly didn't look up who my ideal listeners, who my audience is. Like at the marketing chat podcast, Mm -hmm. those listeners are solo entrepreneurs and freelancers and some small businesses. They are not paying people tens of thousands of dollars to work with. Not at all. So those people have no business coming on that show. Right. It's so silly. And and I tell them that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you do need to look at what is your reason for wanting to appear on that show. Right. And this is why I personally would never go to one of these agencies unless they were specifically able to approach approach shows that I want to go on in a more personal way in a more specific way and to some degree to get the go ahead for me like, i would much rather somebody came back to me and said all right here's a list of shows we think you'd be a good fit for check them out let us know which ones you w- want to submit an application for if right. you're going to yeah. have somebody else take care of that rather right. than just say go and find me a load of podcasts to be on and i'll just show up when right. <laughs> when it's time to show up yes because that's that's a really Um, impersonal way of doing it. It's a very transactional way of of doing things and really podcasting and life and marketing now is getting much more relational. It probably always has been but there has been a period of time when we've been able to be very transactional about things and I think that is disappearing. Exactly. um, As we need to get more connected with each other. So showing up as somebody who's not particularly interested or invested and uh, and really probably just like this is just one more podcast appearances i've got you know I, I can't stay more than 20 minutes because i've got another podcast appearance straight after that and another one after that a whole day of podcast who's that who is that really serving right. it's probably not serving the guest and it's certainly not serving the hosts yeah so or what's the, the, point? the audience. Yes. yeah
0: i i understand wanting to keep episodes shorter. Now, you know, the ideal episode length is 20 to 40 minutes now. But you need to schedule it for an hour. Right. You don't want to just jump right in and say, Okay, boom, record question one, yeah. you know, so you need that buffer time at least yeah. to allow for a little conversation to make mistakes you know you're you're most likely the host is most likely or the editor's most likely going to edit out some stuff you know there may be fluff in there unless both of you are just excellent at conducting
1: an interview you it know it depends on it depends on your style and, right. and it depends on your ability as an interviewer as well i tend to find that for for you and i who maybe have experience in this we can perhaps come on to something like this and uh, be very relaxed straight away, and, and yes. just have an easy conversation and find the rapport. I, you know, yes. I think as soon as we started speaking, I'm thinking, okay, we have some, we have some commonality, we have some rapport. This is good. This should be a good chat. Right. Um, so, so that was that makes life nice and easy. But sometimes it doesn't happen that easily. It can take. Uh, I've had this experience of it taking 30, 40 minutes to actually get to that rapport stage. Yes, in a, in yes. an interview, just to get people to chill, especially if. Somebody's coming on my show, and they're a fan of the show. I'm like, okay, I'm not saying I have hundreds of fans, or anything, but I have had the experience of people coming on my show as guests who listen to the show, they love the show, and they wanted to come on as a guest, and they, and they applied, and they get a little sometimes uh, nervous. A little, yeah. I, I, I don't like to say starstruck because in nowhere am I on my show a star, but that you know, you get what I mean when I say yes, starstruck because totally. it is that kind of thing. And so no matter how much you tell them to relax, it's fine, we're friends here, it can still take a while. And and I get it. If I got invited on one of my top favorite podcasters shows, I would be exactly the same. Uh, I have no doubt about it. But therefore, you're kind of waiting to get to the real flow of the conversation. right? And yeah, so you you may have to edit quite a bit of that (laughs) when it comes to the final production.
0: Yes, yes. And if it took that long, and you want to put your guest in the best light possible, uh, you know, if it took 40 minutes, even 30 minutes, you can't edit out everything. Right. So then unfortunately, they aren't going to be shining like you
1: want them to shine. That's a really important point that I don't think gets talked about very much. And another reason why it isn't a good idea to just go on any old show because you should at least ideally listen to the shows that you want to apply to go on before you apply. Simply because you don't know how you're going to be presented to the audience. You don't right. know if um, if that show has if that show has good production values, right, or if it's just a, a poor quality recording that just gets thrown out exactly as it is with no editing. You ha- you're not going to have room to for mistakes or to redo or to take it take anything back it's just going to go out as is you know, right it's like that can be okay so long as you know that that's what's happening and you're ready for that but uh yeah this is important stuff to know you you need to know how you're going to be presented and the kinds of questions are going to be asked now i have to say one thing i really like in, in just in terms of so the hosting of this is uh we get straight into the meat of the conversation that's my kind of conversation right because most podcast hosts are doing the same thing over and over again of saying tell us a bit about yourself now you did a very succinct, succinct introduction and we got straight into the conversation i have to say chef's kiss i love that <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> thank that, you that that's how it needs to be Ideally, but you as a as a guest you have to be prepared that most podcast hosts are still doing that Tell us a bit about yourself thing at the start Mm -hmm. You need to be as succinct in your answers to that as you were in your introduction of me And I assume you probably do that for your guests in general That it's short snappy kind of memorable and gets to the point of why you're there rather than a long winding tale about your personal history and (sighs) Uh, what your your miserable childhood and your schools and job history and all that, that nobody really wants to hear.
0: I used to make that mistake. Like Um, at the marketing chat podcast, if people sent me a four paragraph bio, I read it early on and I would be sitting there like thinking while I'm reading it, nobody wants to hear this. And so finally I would edit them down To really short and succinct. And you did a great job of giving me a short bio. So, you know, that was awesome. But most people will still send out long bios and I tell them ahead of time, I will be editing. Yeah. You know, for length and relevance. You know, if you put something about, I live in for, you know, my case, Pittsburgh with my son and my cat, I'm no, that doesn't belong (sighs) there. Right. You know, so and yeah, I used to ask about, you know, tell me a little about your background or tell me how you got into teaching people about podcast guesting and, and sometimes I may still do that. And I'll try to find one specific thing to ask about that's of more interest. And sometimes I feel bad when I don't ask about the background. But listeners want to get into the topic, right?
1: Yeah, I, so. I believe so, and uh, and even if even if you don't like if even if you do start off with a bit of fluff in the conversation, that's okay. Yeah, but I would generally, as a host, edit that stuff out if yeah. you if you can, because really your show should only be containing what needs to be there and and what's actually going to be interesting. Because what people don't consider, and this is something that guests definitely need to keep in mind, because you're, you are never going to see a host's drop-off rate on their shows. Yeah. And, and most hosts don't check this either. And this is the amount of time people are actually listening to the episode that they've tuned in for. Right. And so if the introduction is long and kind of boring or Mm. somebody's getting into a very uninteresting backstory that drop-off rate at the start of the show is going to be really high you will have no way of knowing that but you can assume it yeah and then this is why it's so important to get into the good stuff as quickly as possible but also to make sure that you are not giving answers that are longer than they need to be not so short that they're curtained (laughs) just yes or no answers just as bad but not no longer than they really need to be because you i'm sure as a host have had the same experience i have of people coming on who want to give you their ted talk who want to do a presentation rather than have a conversation
0: yes or for each question they would want to give me a 17-minute ted talk can
1: you even get a word in edgeways with these people not not really Uh, and that that is a bad experience for host, probably for the guests, even if they don't realize it, and and often becomes unpublishable. Yes, yes. And, and that's a real problem.
0: Yeah, and then in contrast, I did at what you said about, you don't want the, your answers as a guest to be too short. Mm. I did an interview with someone at Geek Girl Soup, and they used to do a talk show appearances years ago and so they were used to giving really short answers as you need to do on you know tv talk shows yeah or even radio talk shows depending on the length of the the show in the case of radio but this is a podcast right and so i was giving them more time but they kept it to talk show length and i'm sitting there like oh my gosh it was hard for me to find follow-up questions i did to try to make the show longer it ended up being like 18 minutes for an interview
1: that's quick yeah i mean i've done i've i've been in quicker interviews i've done quicker. i've done as a guest i've done quicker interviews but um yeah like rapid fire question interviews Uh, um, they're okay if that's your style and that's what you want to do some people have shows that are pretty much the same I know 10 15 questions whatever yeah. two two different guests i uh, personally it's not my taste you know yeah. I, I, I like conversations which is yes. why i have the style of show that i have i think similarly to yourself i have guests and i have solo shows as well so that you get you get a mixture of lengths of show for start right. different topics and a chance to really express yourself as a as a host and as an expert as yeah. well as Bringing on other experts who you can have interesting and valuable conversations right. with, because that's really what it's all about. I think there is far too much of creating content for the sake of creating content. Yeah. And, and that serves really nobody. And uh, sometimes it maybe works and gets you some results. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason why I think a lot of people are just trying to get on as many podcasts as they possibly can. Uh, it will get you some results, but it won't get you a lot. And right. you, you could easily have that experience of going on 100 podcasts. That you haven't been at all strategic about, uh, maybe have that, that maybe they have very little following, they don't have your ideal audience, and you are not in any way being considered or strategic about how you answer or get involved in those shows. Mm-hmm. You could have no professional benefit from that whatsoever. Exactly, quite, quite the opposite, I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you, I really prefer having a conversation. You know, I come up with an outline ahead of time. Yeah to guide me or or to have as a backup if the guest doesn't feel so comfortable having a conversation, or when we get to, you know, the end of a specific topic, and then I refer to my notes and like, okay, I definitely wanted to ask about this, I can't forget it. But I've been on shows where the host had me provide all of the questions and and that's fine i Mm -hmm. definitely welcome questions from my guests Mm -hmm. i rephrase them and i may not use them all but so i've been on other shows where my questions are the only questions they've asked and we've gone boom 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 bullet point questions not conversations and those aren't fun but as guests we do need to be prepared for that
1: or not go on those shows, and, and this is something like: had had you listened to the show beforehand, you might have been ready for that, right? And uh, th- that's why I think it's, it's one of those um, things. Ideally, you want to listen to a show before before you appear on it. I would much rather appear on a handful of shows that are relevant to my target audience, mm-hmm. and that where I'm likely to have people wanting to know more about me than to just get on as many shows as possible, where some people may be in my audience, but probably most of them aren't. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a huge it's a huge difference. The thing is, it takes time. It, it yes. takes time to do all of this and to be strategic about stuff. But I think the benefits are there for, for anyone who wants to, um, who is seriously looking to use podcast guesting as a way to promote their business and to generate right client opportunity or speaking opportunities or whatever else you may be looking for there. Or
0: promoting their own podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, That's all very, very doable. If you are strategic about it, you will get great results from doing that, but you're gonna have to do the stuff that other people generally aren't prepared to do. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are wearing the badges of having been on as many shows as they can go on, but you have no idea how many of those shows were actually relevant, whether they got any return on their time or investment in that show, and uh, whether they were any good or not as guests. And it could have been a huge waste of time for them. So right. this is what you have to consider this. If you don't know who you're serving and what you're about, maybe hold off, or maybe do try and get on some of those smaller shows without your relevant audience and get into the habit of talking about it. Because it can be a good way to help you find that and figure that stuff out. But it's probably not the best way to do that.
0: Exactly. That's a great point. Yeah, doing uh, sort of some practice shows to get better at it and hone that skill. Because it is a skill, podcast guesting. It
1: really is. It is. Uh, same as public speaking or, or anything like that. And, and this is uh, the background that I come from, presentation skills and public speaking training it's really important to be able to present yourself well and not come on and be droney you need to be somewhat animated you need to have a bit of energy about you and a bit of passion for what you talk about and to know who you're addressing and and why and yes. and the, who you're serving who what's the purpose of you being there and what's the transformation ultimately that you can deliver for people because right. that's that's what it's all about um, not that you have to do all of that in a podcast appearance, but you should be able to express all that and talk about it. If you don't have that figured out, firstly, you haven't really got a business or anything much to promote right. anyway. Right. So, so, you know, it's good to talk about it and get that stuff out there. Probably better to get a coach who can help you uh, figure that stuff out. But um, it, certainly getting started in podcast appearances, it doesn't matter so much which shows you go on, just get yourself on some shows and get into the habit of talking but if you can do that in the strategic way from the start and you've got a little bit of coaching and guidance on the best ways to show up for doing that you are going to have a much bigger advantage to the vast majority of people who are doing this absolutely
0: yeah and when you are making guest appearances to promote your business or your podcast you know not just to show up to have fun right you need to remember that your topic is essentially solving a problem for the audience you know you're creating value for the audience so you have to put you have to keep the audience in mind first the listener comes first and it's again it's not you're not create you're not doing it's not fluff you are essentially quote solving a problem it's not transactional you're not going to you know change the world from that guest appearance but you have to keep the listener in mind wouldn't you say
1: yes Uh, i think that the key to this is what most people don't get is that this isn't just about advertising your product or service
0: oh, oh god no uh,
1: yeah, far from it's me, not an
0: infomercial
1: but, right people will skip past commercials generally right so if your whole yes. show is a is a commercial for what you do mm-hmm. people are gonna tune out very very quickly uh, right. and you probably won't get invited on many shows <laughs> if, they, <sighs> if they hear that that's what you're doing um, right. so yeah it can't it can't be that um but it needs to be educational yes. to some degree at least you need to be, have some value to the right. audience and it needs to be entertaining yeah and i'm not saying you have to come on and be a world-class comedian i certainly am not and probably many of us aren't but you do have to have some level of entertainment a bit of variety in how you speak Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe some stories about your own experiences that you can share but again short to the point stories if they're funny even better because right. that, that's going to serve you really well and it's more interesting for people to listen to and podcasts are essentially are entertainment yeah however, however you look at it they are entertainment so there has to be some qualities of entertainment in your podcast appearances
0: yeah yeah no monotone oh no. no i mean we can give steps you know i certainly do that We're giving tips, but we definitely, I totally agree with the stories, with some entertainment. Like you said a few minutes ago, bringing energy. We have to bring our full selves and our personalities. That's what makes us unique. We may be sharing tips that other people are sharing, but the listeners may not get it. The tips may not hit home until we, share the tips until and, uh, we share that information with our voice
1: yeah so it's one thing to say something but how you say it what you bring to that is all the difference so yeah. two people could give exactly the same presentation as a pub as public speakers or presenters but could be completely different experience as you say one could be monotone one could be kind of low energy monotone Uh, slow and kind of hard to listen to, maybe a bit mumbly, and another could be super animated and have a lot of vocal variety and speed up some bits and slow Mm -hmm. down some others and and maybe have a bit more engagement with that and more connection Mm -hmm. with the audience. totally different experience with exactly the same content, potentially, because Mm -hmm. delivery is uh, a key part of this. And, you know, I I have, I I think, frameworks for, if you're a coach or a speaker, or if you have any kind of business stuff that you're essentially doing this for, um, frameworks are a really good way to help you do that, because you want to share some value. Like, one of my frameworks is uh, the the three P's, and one of those is presence. Mm. So having some presence about you, and that means being there, kind of in the moment, Mm. and listening to what's being said picking up on cues because if your host is trying to speak or you can see that they're on the back to say something and you're not aware of that you're just carrying on and on and on you're not present you're not really aware of what's going on right but being there in that moment not clock watching or thinking about you know what you have to do when you get home later or the next interview that you have to do or anything like that be really there and right. immersed in what you're doing being present in any situation is a real like a real gift I'm messing with the word presence right. but i guess but um, right. <laughs> but it is a real gift to somebody to give them the the gift of presence uh, to be fully present with them to be paying attention to be really yeah. there and not focused on anything else like, everything else is cut off this is just me and you now um, yeah. that's powerful so, yeah. so presence is a really important part of this. There are more aspects to that, but I think those are the, the key elements to presence that are yeah. going to help you. Pause, That's great. Pausing mm-hmm. Sorry, as you... well. No, no. Pausing as well is, is another one of the three Ps because one thing that most professional speakers even struggle with is taking some pauses because it gives people a chance to think. And I know one of the lines that I've learned from professional speakers over the years has been that the most important conversation that's going on, even in this podcast episode, is the conversation inside the head of the listener. Mm -hmm. And so you need to give some space for that. So if you say something that's particularly important or um, valuable, leave a bit of space, underline it. If you say something that's funny, Leave some space for some laughter. Yes. Don't tread on the laughs. Yes. this is Pausing is such a valuable tool. It gives your host a chance to get involved. It gives you a chance to be a bit more present and pick up on cues that are coming up in the conversation. Yes. So pausing is a really powerful tool. And probably most important with pausing is it belays confidence. Mm. because people who people who are confident can take up a lot of space Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that kind of means they can take up some time and space as well so you can take the time to pause and it's a really really powerful thing to do because it gives you more space to play with the timing of how you speak as well to speed up and slow down and to use pauses as a sort of form of grammar to really underline something that you said.
0: I love that. And then with the pauses, we can practice not filling them with ums or other filler words.
1: Yes. it's Actually, that is something that will help you to eliminate more of your filler words. I, I don't know if you use the same sort of tools that I do for editing your show, but uh, I use Descript, which gives yes. you a way to pull out all the filler words. No, I, I do. don't
0: use the the universal thing to pull them right. all out. I leave no. some men to sound natural. So I do it manually. I, yeah, yes, we, we, I we, are,
1: we are kindred spirits with that. I do exactly the same um, <laughs> because some episodes. I, I hear other people teach different things, I, you know, one of my podcast coaches taught that uh, it doesn't matter how many ums and ahs, people don't care about that.
0: Mm. I
1: disagree with I that.
0: Disar- I'm with you, yeah.
1: I think it does potentially, especially if there's way too many of them, uh, suggest that somebody has a lack of confidence, yes. or that they don't fully know what they're talking about. I do sometimes find with guests who perhaps don't have English as a first language that they have more of those ums and ahs because understandably they have to take a bit more time to think and translate and so it makes sense but again pausing would still allow you to to pull those out but I think as a listener for that listening experience we probably may not you may not notice if all the ums and ahs have been pulled out but you probably will appreciate having listened to a conversation that wasn't full of filler right for sure so I, so I think it helps yeah some of it leave it in because it's natural but a lot of it could come out and yes. so that comes to the third p which is a little bit of preparation mm-hmm. and it really does only need a little bit of preparation to stand out from mm-hmm. everybody else who's doing this because please understand dear listener <laughs> that The competition for podcast guesting is going up and up and up. It's going to get harder and harder to get on the shows that you want to get on. And so this is one reason why these generic spray and pray approaches or agencies reaching out to people are not effective. Yeah, Because you have to have some personal connection with the host and be able to express your value. Yes, that's some of the preparation for this. But a few moments to prepare and make sure your mic's working, that your lighting is set up, that your uh, background is how you want it to be. That there's no mess around. You know, I put the flowers out very nicely behind me there for us because I knew we were going to be on on camera here as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, just just to make sure you're set up the way you want to be. That's some preparation. Yeah. You might do a little vocal warm up. You might mm-hmm. make, want to make sure you have your water there just the things that you need to actually just show that you are prepared and that you're prepared to talk about what you talk about because having things like a little framework like like my three p's there that's really powerful if if somebody can remember oh yeah he talked about three p's Mm -hmm. they they there's a good chance they might remember what they were or they're going oh, what were they again all right one of Mm -hmm. them was about presence so yeah one of the presence pause Preparation. Presence, pause, preparation. And so there's a good chance that you will actually be able to take that away as a learning from this thing. All right. If I want to be even just a bit better than most of the people who are being podcast guests, I can do those three Ps and mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm already going to stand out. Yeah. This isn't to say that there isn't a, a world of things you can do on top of that that will make you even more professional and mm-hmm. even more appreciated mm-hmm. and, uh, and become a fantastic guest, but it's a start. Yes,
0: that's wonderful. Love that so much. And having little things like that, like your three Ps, Will make for excellent audiograms. In yes. my case, since I, I mean, videograms, since I do video, yeah. or for people who do audio only, audiograms. Yeah,
1: Great and and, um, and let me let me share a little something, a little bit of magic about those videograms and audiograms as well, because I think one of the things that we often get wrong about the clips that we tend to share from these things, whether you're sharing it as a host or a guest, um, is to share it a taster that sort of that i'm just going to give you enough that you want to listen to the show but the better way to do it is actually to share a bit of value exactly that that actually stands alone by itself yes and says all right i took some value away from like 30 seconds of that or one minute of that maybe i'll go and listen to that whole show and even if you don't i got some value out of that so i'm not just trying to pique your curiosity and get you to, oh, I have to go and listen to what what that's gonna be about. Right, It's a much better way of, of approaching these kinds of things. So, you know, the social media content and stuff that you put out needs to give full value as well. That serves you better, serves you better and and lovely to hear that you you already do that, great.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I, I do not like it when there is some snippet, whether it's just a, an image, audiogram or videogram, and in, in our case, it could be like, what is the number one mistake? And I didn't even ask you this. You know, what's the number one mistake you see people make with podcast guesting? Well, I would say it is, and I cut it off right there and and then i write to find out yeah. john's top <laughs> mistakes listen
1: to blah 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 that Mom. is
0: some bullshit
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's like how dare you just tell exactly. me the answer yeah exactly
0: they won't trust me my my instagram followers would not trust me if i did that
1: Exactly, no. exactly right. And that, that's, that's the way that's exactly the way to approach it. Uh, is there a number one? There, I mean, interestingly, you, you, you know, just in you bring that up, I kind of want to answer that question, because I'm not sure that there necessarily is a number one thing no. that people mostly get wrong, uh, yeah. other than other than just not approaching this in a professional way. Great. Yeah. That, that's and really we've popular. been
0: talking about, I mean, we can pull out all sorts of mistakes based on what we've we've already talked about with finding shows to be on, approaching the guests, and being on, you know, actually doing the interview. So next topic is leverage leveraging the interview after you've been on it or following up with the host is there anything else you want to say about finding the shows approaching and doing the interview before um, we move on
1: i, th- I think th- there's probably a, uh, not without getting into a whole world of other stuff that would you know be uh, a whole series worth of right, right. episodes. It's a lot. I know yeah. we go
0: on and on, and this is part of what you do, so.
1: I, I, I really, really, perhaps if there's, if there's one thing to share is that for, for anyone getting started with with this who hasn't been on a podcast before, you may be think, oh, there's a lot to remember, or there's a lot to do, and I don't want to sort of go on there and mess it up. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Just, just start. I mean, yes. it's always better to start imperfectly and just get started and learn on the way, because that's what most of us do. I didn't have the first clue what I was doing when I started podcasting and a lot of podcasters don't, and that's okay. But you, if you really want to do this as something that's professional, start doing it and don't let anything be an excuse not to get started. You will figure stuff out. You will find the people who can help you to do that as well and accelerate your ability. And those people weren't there when I got started in podcasting and there's a lot of them now, so you will get lots of, lots of guidance and advice. Yeah, that's excellent.
0: All right, so after the interview, this is really important, how to leverage the opportunity of having been a podcast guest.
1: First thing is, uh, this. again, this is something you may or may not have had experience of. Um, some guests will go on the show and as soon as the interview is done, if it's, especially if it's remote recording, they, they hang up, they, they, yeah. they're, they're done, they're gone. Yeah. That's not the best way to end an interview. So, so allow yourself a little bit of debrief time because undoubtedly the greatest benefit from podcasting, especially if you are being strategic about it, isn't so much, I'm mean, sure you get some client work and, and business and stuff and you, you want to do that, but you want to get that return. But the even greater value than that is the network that you build up from doing this, the, the friends that you'll make. Yes. And the the people that, you know, good networks help each other out. Yep. Most of the best opportunities that I've ever had in my life have come from people who I've been connected to in my network. And as someone who has been a very active networker, which is difficult for me because I generally hate networking events. Same,
0: same, <laughs> and I'm an introvert. Yeah, me too. So, me too. Yeah, so, in-person networking events.
1: <laughs> in-person networking, but I can do them. I can do them. I can yes. lead them, and I can be fine. And I can be. A, I can be more ambivert, or even a little extrovert when yeah. I need to be. So yes. I can. I can turn it on, uh, and that's all fine. But I don't love it, uh, and right. I don't love going to networking events but I do love networking through podcasting. I do love the people who I connect with through podcasting who are mostly just amazing people who want to give and share and add value and help each other out. And uh, I have made some of the most amazing friends through podcasting, people who I never would have met at live networking events things like that. But my, my network is so amazing now, I can't believe it. And that's through several years of podcasting. That has been the best thing personally for me from podcasting is just being connected with so many amazing people mm-hmm. you know, there, there's yes there's the fact of you get to sometimes speak with experts who mm-hmm. you might not otherwise get to speak with and you can kind of get coached by people who you might never be able to afford as a right. Right. To, to be coaching you that's all great. <laughs> But even better than that is the people who you actually make friends with and make connections with and stay connected with beyond that. Taking a long-term approach to this, and and I think that may be one of the sort of secrets behind all of this is if your approach is instant gratification and just getting a result as quickly as possible, go for it. You know, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But you will not see a lot of great results from that. Uh, You will be highly transactional and you know, you you turn you turn podcasting into a sort of uh, almost like one night stands. It's like you know, one and done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, thanks a lot, and bye bye. Uh, and there's no relationship there. So you might get some benefit from it. You might even enjoy some of the conversations. But taking that longer term approach to this and to probably business in general instead of trying to get the quick hits all the time is going to get you long-term results uh, and means you can stay in the business longer so if you really want to see what podcasting can do for you you have to look at the big game the long game and be willing to play that which means be okay that stuff isn't going to happen quick Right. be okay as a guest that it might take three six months before you start seeing some return coming back from the time that you've invested in your strategy to get on the shows and build up your audience whether you're selling courses or coaching or uh, public speaking or, or whatever it is that you offer it's going to take time yeah most absolutely. people aren't prepared to do that
0: no not at all and I so totally agree on this. I have made wonderful friends. Really love building my network this way. I have sent clients to uh, some of my guests and hosts where I've been a guest. They have sent clients my way. I have sold books. uh, more books being a guest on other podcasts uh some collaborations in the works with hosts and guests it's just and definitely friendships oh my god and i was recently at podfest back in january and finally met hosts and guests uh and it just amazing you know to cement those relationships that you know with people whom i had only met virtually before yeah so
1: yeah Yeah. so i i mean for you have have we like covered the things that maybe grind your gears most about podcast guesting do you think
0: yes i think so and i I guess i'll just add to that the follow-up and oh also sharing episodes Mm. i have had several guests, mostly on the other podcast uh, marketing chat, where guests haven't shared the episodes. Right. And not only is that a detriment to me and my show, Mm -hmm. it's a detriment to them as well. Yeah. You know, they were on the show. I know that their goal is to get a new audience from my audience, but it makes them look better when they show hey, or they demonstrate, hey, I was on this podcast. That host views me as a valuable resource for their or valuable person for their audience. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So share it. Yeah. And follow up with me, you know, like either send me a thank you email or, you know, follow up later or, you know, something, something. (sighs)
1: Yeah, I I was listening. Let's stay in touch. I I listened to a bunch of podcasts about podcasting. I think a lot of Mm -hmm. podcasters do. And one of them I was listening to just this morning was talking about how some podcasters have moved away from the interview format because of this, because of guests not sharing stuff or not being particularly cooperative. Right. There's a a few things that, as a host, you can do, uh, I think. But as a guest definitely we can do better uh, as a host i think it's a good idea to find out which platform or platforms your guest generally spends their time on true and make sure that whatever content you create in terms of clips and whatever to promote your show is ready for that for that platform
0: Mm, that great. makes
1: it very easy for for them to then share in fact if, if you actually say to them what platform you can ask them mm. in the debrief what social media platform do you like the most to spend the most time on where you tend to mm. share stuff if it's like twitter okay well generate a bit of content that's going to fit well on twitter if it's linkedin generate something for linkedin that's going to be a, a really helpful way to do that and make it super easy that's i great. I like to, because I'm a newsletter writer as well, Mm. I like to feature the shows that I appear on in my newsletter. Mm. Because most of the people who follow me and follow what I'm doing are following my newsletter. And so that's where most of my audience are going mm. to get to see, like if they want to hear me being interviewed on a show, mm. that's where they're, they're going to hear it. And I know if there's uh, particular things that stand out for me about that experience, we're going to say, "Yeah, this is what you're in it. This is what we talked about. And here's why you want to listen to it. Mm. Um, I'm always happy to share out clips um, but it's you know unless you actually have the downloaded episode, which most guests can't get, it's hard mm-hmm. to do that. Right. I mean, I I know there are tools that you can use. Uh, like another another guest expert said to me about she uses um, a tool. You know, she will she will transcribe the episode that she's been on and take some content from that, which I think is a great idea. If you want right. if you want to do that, and that's going to fit with the kind of content that you do. But other than that sharing out whole episodes isn't very effective Mm-mm. because most people don't want to go and listen to a whole episode they want to get a sense of what they're going to get from that be- before they commit to it maybe a thir- maybe a 30 or 40 minute interview so right. if you can give if you can give your guests the clips that are going to be easy for them to share tag Mm -hmm. tag them in on whatever you post on social media as well with them because then they don't really have a choice but to share share it to share it out as well i think this also can come into you know a lot of this can be about how hosts approach this as well because if you if if you are active with the guests that you want to have on your show yeah and i said this is more for guests that you pitch to come on your show yes Then you want to make sure that you're involved with them online. The same goes the other way. For shows that you want to be on as a guest, interact with the hosts online. So make it very clear to them that you're going to be sharing and and what you're going to be sharing. There's nothing more appealing to a host than being very clear on what you're going to do in terms of promoting their show. I can say to you, all right, well, when you publish this episode, I'm going to be writing a blog article, I'm going to feature a link to your show mm. and maybe even a clip in my in my newsletter so that's going to yeah. go to that's going to go out to my list and so that's going to get shared and i'll tag me in whatever you send out on other platforms mm. etc and, and i will share stuff out as well that's uh, great that that's how we can do stuff but i think there's there is more we can do besides but i think that's the bare minimum really <laughs>
0: That's great. And I love what you're saying about the host needs to take more actions to help the guest share. We can't just expect the guest to listen to the episode to pull stuff out on their own. That That is too much. So we need to pull out quotes or clips and and sent those on to them and i love what you're saying about ask what social media platforms they're on so that we can send clips that work for that platform because like the instagram clips that i create aren't appropriate for linkedin for example now i do pull out the clip in horizontal form first and then turn that into an instagram clip so i have that horizontal format and that works for linkedin so I need to start offering that then.
1: But, but let, me, let me ask that. you, let me ask you a question as a host. Have, have there ever been times where you've been so pushed for time that marketing your show or even promoting it or, or reaching out to the guests that it's been published and stuff has been a bit of a push?
0: So no, I, I do tell them, I guess. All right. So I'm thinking about a couple of times when I was sick, uh, and i didn't tell them ahead of time so i was telling them on the day of and i was so sick this one week and i had two guest episodes going out in one week it was guest monday and friday and solo on wednesday right and i was so sick sick i had a really high fever and so i didn't tell them until the next week and i didn't even promote that week because
1: i was so sick That was terrible. But that that might make you unusual to a lot of podcast hosts who who ultimately are just publishing the episodes and don't really have that much time because a lot of podcasters have full-time jobs and Mm -hmm. are are doing other things around that. And so making the show is already a huge drain on their time and resources. Mm -hmm. And so they don't get that much opportunity to promote the show. So it might be that the only promotion they'll do is publishing the show and maybe posting online here, publish the show, and tag in the person who's on it. That might be it. Mm. Uh, hopefully, you can do a bit more. But yeah. we have to be prepared for that. Not every host has time to right. be able to to market their shows effectively. Right. The sad part of that is you know, anything that you're not marketing isn't going to be growing that well. Right. And so, as a host, is going to serve you well. If you are going on other podcasts, that is going to be the probably the best way to (laughs) market your podcast Um, so you need to be doing that as well but it all takes time and and this is this is the challenge that we don't have ultimately it's going to be time well spent which is why it's probably less is more the the more strategic you are about this the more the the better quality of shows you can get onto that are more relevant to you or the better quality of guests that you get on your show the less time you have to spend in a lot of the promotional stuff. So, you know, right. systemize it as much as you can. Yes. For sure. um, yes. But um, do the bare minimum. I mean, absolutely do the bare minimum.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And love systems. Always <laughs> create systems. <laughs> yeah. I'll be doing a solo episode on that soon. So
1: highly recommend systems <laughs> True, truly truly important i think the, uh, more than anything i so said today that, that there is a huge opportunity still in podcasting uh for uh and anyone who sort of has something to promote are far better off generally starting as a guest than a host anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so before you start your own show, if you haven't already started your own show, start off as a guest. You're going to figure mm-hmm. out a lot more things and you're going to have a much bigger clue what you're doing or even if you want to have your own show. Mm-hmm. If, uh, I wish I had that. I wish I could go mm-hmm. back and sort of make make that distinction now for myself. Although, you know, again, being a being a guest was a lot harder when I got started. Now mm-hmm. there's a lot more that you can do, a lot more places to get you connected with people and so it's That's a lot trend. easier. But as the competition gets higher and higher for guest opportunity, it's gonna, it is going to get more difficult to get on the shows that you want to get on. So start getting yes. strategic now, and you yeah. will start getting known as somebody who's good to have on your guest. You'll start getting recommended and introduced to other podcasters as well, yes. which is one of the best ways to, to really go about this, is getting the good introductions.
0: Very true, love that all right this has been awesome love everything that you shared and this is going to help listeners so much hope y'all take everything that john said to heart put it into action and hosts will love you for it will totally help you stand out as a kick-ass guest so john tell us what kind of work you do with your clients what kind of clients you work with and where listeners can find you
1: sure i mostly work with business coaches who are looking to grow their audience and build up their business through podcast guesting so i'm teaching podcast guesting as a way of growing your business a lot of business coaches find themselves doing less than reputable things to get their audience grow, to get their list growing. But the reality is actually being able to have some relationship with your audience and points of connection and familiarity with them is going to be far more valuable to you. And podcasting gives you the opportunity to do that. So being able to show up as a great guest in some of the ways we've talked about today, is actually a really powerful way to be growing your business whether that's looking for clients as uh, coaching or into your courses or programs or for speaking opportunities that there's all stuff that you can get through strategic podcast appearances but also one of the things I focus on with people as well is developing their charisma for Mm. when they do this so that they're not showing up and being dry or dull they have frameworks they have stories they have some humor where where possible. And they become engaging podcast guests who people will want to have back again and again. So I I mainly work with business coaches to help them do that. Um, One of the best ways to find me is through the Podfluence podcast, which I host, and also on LinkedIn, which is where I tend to hang out the most. So uh, look for Podfluence on LinkedIn or John Abel, you will find me and come say hello
0: awesome i will share those links in the show notes and i really appreciate you for being here today this was just awesome thank you fun. so much thank you yes it's a lot of fun you are a great guest <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and thank you all for being here today be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode and i will see you next time on podcast launchpad